0: On episode 5 of the Down South Photo Show, Cam and Brendan discuss censor sizes and we have a good chat about photographing the Twelve Apostles. Let's get on with it. Welcome down to episode number five of the Down South Photo Show. It's great to be with you again. I am Brendan Waits and I am joined by my good friend Cameron Blake. Hello, Cameron.
1: G'day, Brendan. How are you this evening?
0: Not bad at all. Thanks, mate. Not bad at all. Um, another... Sorry, remember,
1: You remember to say your own name this time. You remember to say your own name this time. It was good.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> I've been, I think every second episode, I forget to actually say who I am.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're Down South photo and I'm show. Sure.
0: That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm just the guy that does the intros, apparently. <laughs> we, well, we, everyone, we,
1: every show needs one. We need to do
0: a rock-off to see who does the intro every week.
1: But, yeah. uh, I, th- I think we've set the, t- the trend now that you're uh, the, the intro guy.
0: I'm, I'm Mr. Intro, and that's yeah. just how it's got to be.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice
0: um, good to have you all on board. Um, this is episode number five, as I said, as I said, we are um, enjoying doing the podcast well I'm certainly enjoying doing the podcast It's been good fun we've covered a lot of ground already uh, yes. the If you haven't already, the previous four episodes are sitting there above us on YouTube or if you are on uh, if you're podcasting this, I'm sure you can scroll back through and have a bit of a listen to the episodes. Um, as I say, a lot of ground already covered but We talk about a fantastic, um, we've got a great topic in photography, and it's pretty much endless what we can talk about. Uh, So stay tuned for more enthralling podcasts. Um, Cam, what have you been up to this week? Uh,
1: What have I been up to? Well, yeah, welcome everyone again And episode five, like you said, awesome. Um, This week, actually, we forgot to do the subscriptions. Make sure people subscribe and make sure when they're listening to us, make sure when they listen, they ring the bell and subscribe, or if you're on an iPhone iTunes, I learned this the other day, if you're on iTunes or a podcast, uh, you can leave a review like a Google review um, and you can also uh, share that with your friends. So you can share the review and then it brings other people in to listen. So uh, that'd be great if people can just send a few nice words or half decent words, whatever you want to say. um, So, so.
0: Clearly, I'm, I'm okay
1: at intros, but terrible at promoting the podcast. So. No, that's okay. Look, we've got a running sheet. I thought I'd just, you know, rock, paper, scissors. I thought I'd do the promo this week. Yeah. Um, nice. So, yeah, but it's great. It's good to be back for another episode. Um, my week, uh, I've literally just returned again, and I'm still in Melbourne. Maybe I'm moving back here. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to just move back to Melbourne. <laughs> um, we're, we're still here for another week. We go home uh, this coming weekend. Uh, But I've just got back from the Great Ocean Road. So doing a little bit of scouting for a potential big announcement that we may or may not make soon uh, about the Great Ocean Road. Um, So I went down there with Lisa, my my partner, and uh, went down there for a few nights, left the kids at home with mum and dad. And uh, yeah, it was really good. So just a really sort of two-day trip down to Great Ocean Road, checked all the features out, um, took some notes. Uh, took off in a chopper this morning. Did a flight, a helicopter flight. Did you now over <laughs> uh, over the the eight apostles seven apostles? Mm. So yeah, it was good. It was a good week. Um, that's about it. Really, I'm a bit tired after all the driving, and um, here we are. How you've, about your? Um, how, how about your week? How was yours going? Yours going
0: well. Nowhere near as adventurous as yours, This has been a bit of a trend. A bit of a trend for the last couple yeah. of weeks, but but that's okay. Um, you know, you've been on the road, which I'm very yeah. very jealous of, and I would love to have. Uh, gotten out there with you today. Um, hmm. I'm assuming the photo behind you was taken this morning. Is that right? Uh,
1: this was sunrise this morning. Yes, actually. Um, and unlike Tasmania, well, actually, unlike everywhere at the moment, there was no one here. Um, Amazing. I, I, saw, I, lit- I
0: saw your um, live video this morning and I went, hang on a minute. He's, um, he's, he's obviously parked his car across the car park entrance, yep. so
1: no one else can get in. There, there was no one there. I walked down there and um, it wasn't the greatest sunrise. Like, you know, it's got to be in it to win it, uh, which is a very big super tip that I give the people. If you're in bed, you're not going to get a sunrise from in bed. So, no. Um, but there was no one there. Um, I think I was there for about 10, 15 minutes on my own. And there were, a young bloke came down. He scared the hell out of me. Actually, I didn't just see him rock up and I turned around. There's a guy looking at me. Um, so yeah, this is this morning. Um, this is with, um, what was this? This with the Fuji. This is with the Fuji. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to try and get some nice shots out of this one. Um, that was with a bit of a wide-angle lens. Uh, it was about a two-second exposure, so you can see the water is a little bit sort of wishy-washy, which is the, the slower shutter speed. Uh, but yeah, it was good. It was a nice morning. Um, we had a fair bit of rain over the night, uh, so I woke up this morning. Things were nice and fresh. Uh, it was okay. good. And not we, will,
0: cool. we will definitely come back to yeah. uh, the 12 apostles. That is going to be one of our subjects for tonight. We're going to talk about... Uh, certainly, one of my favourite locations to shoot photos, and of course, it's fresh in Cam's mind having just been there this morning. So, um, we will talk a little bit about the Twelve Apostles as we go on. Cool. Um, we're also a little later on going to have a little discussion about sensor sizes, which mm. um, is uh, a topic of a little bit of debate, I think. Uh, boxing, the boxing gloves are ready. Are they?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm a lover. Not
0: a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Cam, you know this.
1: Yeah, thank God people listening to the podcast can't see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's right. Uh, but my week, um, so another week of busyness, school holidays ended mm. uh, on Sunday, which I think probably lends itself to why there was no one at the 12 Apostles this morning, except in good self.
1: That's a good um, point. I had not even thought about that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, yeah.
0: school holidays wrapped up on Sunday. So yeah. um, normally we find at the shops the Monday after school holidays, is fairly busy. We have um, a lot of people coming in uh, who might have dropped the kids off at school and coming in to um, catch up on some photo printing or have a bit of a chat. Uh, certainly, the, the coffee shop across from me this morning was nice and busy with a lot of people who had dropped off school kids and yeah, and, and
1: having a good chat. So, and, and um, with your with your stores, do you like you say they're busier during school holidays? Do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think? Yeah, mums and dads and whoever they leave everything to that period of time where they've got a couple of weeks off with the kids. They can go get their photos done or go get a canvas done or go you know, do what they need to do. Do you think do you think that's why it's busier in school holidays?
0: Uh, no, I, I find it's busier in school holidays for me because we are in a tourist area. So we, right, we, so there's more people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ocean Grove, even in winter, um, we, we are only 90 minutes from Melbourne. So um, at Ocean Grove and Bowen Heads in particular, um, Bowen Heads is starting to, well, not starting to, it's been for quite some time. Uh, becoming quite a trendy place to go for coffee mm. and and brunch and that sort of stuff. And it's got some beautiful spots where you can sit and uh, check out the Bowen river as it feeds into the ocean there at Bowen heads. Mm. Um, or, and of course, ocean grove is literally a stone throw away. So we get a lot of, uh, a lot of people across the bridge from Bowen heads. Yeah. Um, hanging around Ocean Grove, looking at the shops and that sort of stuff. And that's where my shop is. Uh, and also my shop down in Torquay. And of course, Torquay has been a popular holiday spot for um, Melbourne nights for quite some time. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a bit of a spike during school holidays. These ones are a little bit quieter being winter, but um, of yeah. course, because interstate travel is now on the nose. Um, it, is. it is and getting again, worse again, again, yeah. um, mm. which is bloody awful for, uh, everyone in, in New South Wales, hello to anyone list, listening in, in New South Wales, and yeah. in particular Sydney, who are battling uh, another COVID lockdown. Yeah, I uh, yeah. No, thoughts Hang, are with you. It's a, it's a bummer. It is. Hang in there. And if you want to kill some time, there's four other podcasts just above us, right? Here yeah, you could,
1: there, there's, <laughs> there's about four hours worth of um, us two talking about what we love best. And occasionally, we even talk about photography. We do. Occasionally, we even make sense. that's right occasionally yes you've got a a new color coffee cup
0: nothing gets gets past past me cameron blake it doesn't
1: you've gone from blue to to yellow now
0: yes my darling daughter made me a cup of tea
1: oh very nice
0: um i didn't tell her off too much for making the wrong cup that's okay we
1: can (laughs) we can we can roll with this one surely we can photoshop or just color replace that cup to be blue and not yellow I'm a terrible editor and I'm not going to get any better. So
0: that oh. cup is going to stay yellow for this episode. And for those of you listening on the podcast, yes. rather than watching it, we also launched this little thing on YouTube. So if you do want to see uh, the photos that we talk about, particularly our backgrounds, we tend to go on, well, we got about cam because he knows how to change his background. <laughs> I'll, i granddad over here. Wouldn't have a bloody clue. And uh, I fumble right. around with and live in the four, uh, the, the four by three ratio world. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it's, um, yeah, so if you're do, if you listening uh, in your car or you've got your headphones on, you're out for a walk and you want to see what we're talking about, you can also uh, view this on YouTube and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is free, uh, and you've got the little bell icon for that as well. So we are, we that's are getting, enough of the plugging, right?
1: We are getting very close to 100 subscribers on YouTube, which, wow. again, again, if we both sat down and had a beer and said, hey, let's start a podcast slash YouTube show, I reckon we'll get 100 subscribers. I reckon we would have both laughed out loud and just had another beer, I reckon, but yeah, that's right. We're um, heading in the I, right direction.
0: We are, we are heading North as far as the numbers are concerned, which is great. So um, if you've got uh, uh, maybe a family member or a friend of the family, who's also into their photography, make sure you yeah. share it with them and uh, let's get this thing over a hundred by the next podcast. Yeah. Mate.
1: And if you're in a, I, I found as well, there's so many um, little um, Facebook groups and uh, all these different WhatsApp groups of photographers that all, share photos and share tips and things like that. So if you're in any of those groups, feel free to drop a link in there because um, there's usually like, they're all like-minded people. They all love photography. Uh, They might want to learn a bit more about landscape photography or listen to what we have to say. So feel free to um, drop a link in there and share it around. Uh, Don't worry about asking the admins of the group. I'm sure they won't care that you just drop in random YouTube and podcasts to listen to. No one ever gets their nose out of joint for doing that.
0: (laughs) No, of course not. No. (laughs) Now, um, I want you, Cameron, to tell me about Mm. the, is it Beaker Street Scientific Photography?
1: It is. So in Hobart, the uh, Tasmanian Museum, uh, they have a scientific department slash arm called Beaker Street, and they do a whole heap of different scientific uh, activities all throughout the year. So it uh, could be anything, all different, different things. But each year they run a scientific photography competition, and the entries have just closed uh, as of last night, I think it was last night at midnight or... Whenever it was. Um, so we've almost got an extra uh, 30, 30 odd percent more entries this year from, from the last year's one. So I've got to judge that. I'm the actual judge, uh, which I'm really privileged to be a part of. I'm not a huge fan of entering competitions, um, which we're, again, we can talk about at a later date. But um, judging this one's always cool. We get some really, really cool scientific type of photos. Um, they're still, you know, they can be anything. You know, it can be microscopic shots of insects or it could be. Uh, milky way shots it could even be the shot behind you and i where we've got some you know you know geology or, or rock formations or things like that so anything that's rel- relative to science uh so i've got uh over 100 entries now to go through and judge and, and minimize down to about half a dozen i think it is um, very good so that's what i'll be doing for the next few days um and i've so- already
0: i I have a question for you about judging Um, when you judge, I'm assuming they get sent to you as a Dropbox link or something like that. And you view them on a screen. How does that work? They
1: do. So with this one as well, because, um, because of good old social media that we keep plugging uh, it also has its uh, downfalls as well. Sometimes where um, you can also see a lot of people putting their images up and say they've entered this competition. There's also like a people's choice section versus the judges section. So then they combine them at the end to get a big pool of finalists um so what i've done is i've muted all the notifications from any any of the beaker street social media sites and uh, so they've sent me through anonymous um dropbox images uh with captions so everyone has to put a caption in as to what their image, image is and what it represents and how it you know defines the scientific um part of the entry so yeah so i've got a dropbox Folder with some description and some really really cool images, and we might after the after the competition's done, we might put up some shots. Maybe put up the the top three on the on the YouTube here, and we'll link them in so people can have a look at you know what was done. But that'll be that won't be until probably the start of August when those uh, winners get announced. But yeah, it's exciting and it's really I, I find it really inspiring as well that you just see all these people's shots come through and you think oh how the hell did they do that or how did they get that shot or. Gee, that 's a really cool moment in time they 've got there so it 's inspiring that 's for sure that 's
0: cool. Um, by August we will have about one hundred and three subscribers. I would have thought
1: I reckon by August we 'll have two hundred just put it out there nice
0: I like it yeah. um, just keeping on this theme of, of judging competitions and things like that um, when they send you the photos, um, are you do you feel the need to calibrate your monitor or anything like that or or, uh, or not- because not because they're, really, they're obviously yeah. looking at their monitor and you're looking at yours and colours important and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it is, absolutely. Um, so a lot of it's the judging criteria is more judged on the, the subject of what it is. So it's got to be a yep. scientific subject. Um, it's got to be also taken within Tasmanian or the southern Tasmanian region. So that includes sub-Antarctica islands and things like that. Um, so there's a few criteria, but one of the criteria re- isn't really necessarily... Um, too much to do with the color correction and things like that. There's there's definitely a, an element of making sure people haven't over processed or dropped in compositions or taken things out. So it's got to be as natural and, and as scientific as possible. But um, I do actually look. It's funny you say that because I looked on my laptop um, and I also looked at my iPad to the same thing just to make sure I wasn't missing colors or there wasn't something glaringly obvious that one monitor was worse than the other. So, um, but no, naturally I don't. Um, but if there was one where I was a bit sceptical about colour, I'd probably maybe run it through a couple of different monitors I've got and just make sure, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, do, do they have categories like with like a different
0: brief brief for each category, or is it just uh, one?
1: It's it's one category. It's pretty much one category, um, but it's got to tick a few boxes as to what the yep. photo is of and description, and and the description has to also provide identification or scientific identification of, you know, whether or not it's a certain rock or it's a certain insect or a bird or an animal or whatever it might be. So they've got to be able to identify and, and name um, their, their photo and the description of the photo as well. So it's pretty full on uh, like at the moment we've got some, and if anyone wants to go have a look, the entries are, all the entries are actually on the Beaker street um, photo, uh, Facebook page. So if you type in Beaker street uh, photo competition, I think it is, uh all the all the hundred plus entries are all online now which people can go and vote on and look at i can't i'm I'm doing my best to stay away from that well
0: i can and i will put a link in description um and you can go and check that out i'll flash
1: it up on the screen or put it on a link in description and you can go and check that out Um, and uh, you'll see there's, there's some pretty cool shots like some really cool milky ways some really cool aurora shots uh some really good macro shots of insects and Uh, a whole heap of different things there's fungi um there's lots of all this different stuff so it's worth the look um and it's another way of looking at sort of photography in a way and and, you know landscapes within landscapes there's always little things going on as well so yeah we'll put the link up and people can go check it out and i think the winners get announced uh i think they get announced on august 6th or august 8th somewhere there first or second week of august
0: very cool well we'll definitely um share the link to the winners as well and as cam said uh Later on, we will uh, show you some really cool photography from the uh, Beaker Street Scientific uh, Photography Competition out of Hobart. Um, That sounds really cool, man. I um, have done a bit of judging for just, you know, local uh, camera clubs and things like Mm. that. Um, Hey, guy that runs the photo store, do you want to come and judge our photos? (laughs) You seem to know (laughs) what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, geez, if you could sneak in a couple of prizes, that'd be lovely. No, it's funny, it's I, funny I, it's, how that
1: always links in, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I know. Look, I'm, I'm happy to do it. I actually quite enjoy doing the judging. Um, yeah. Some people find it a bit daunting, uh, particularly when you've got to stand up in front of the actual person that took the photo and tell them how terrible it is, um, yeah. Yeah. which has happened. Um, yeah. but then you also get the pleasure of telling people how great some of their photos are as well. So, yeah, it's the um, old, um,
1: it's the old, what was the old thing? The old poo sandwich. Is that what it's called when you're giving critiquing, start yeah. with something, start with, yeah, start with something really good, tell yeah. them what they tell them what maybe can be improved and then finish off with something really good. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what we call, but the one I'm doing um, I actually don't critique the images. So all I do is I just pick my, my top, you know, top finalists. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And That's, I, that makes
0: life a lot easier.
1: That is a lot easier. Last year, I think I gave maybe a one sentence little feedback as to why I, I thought it was a finalist, but I certainly don't go and uh, rip, rip images apart and say, oh, this is, you know, there's this here or that there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is, it's even easier, which I like. Um, there's uh, yeah. probably don't lead with, there's nothing
0: wrong that can't be fixed in this photo without, <laughs> <Yeah>. without <laughs> that can't be fixed by deleting it and taking it again. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. I w- I wouldn't start with that. No, no, you won't make friends that way. <laughs> um, just quickly, um, one, of the, one of the things I've been up to uh, over the last couple of weeks, which has been a little bit different, uh, still tied in with photography, I guess, in a certain extent, is um, I've been uh, doing video transfers. So uh, film, sorry, uh, uh, videotape transfers. So VHS, um, if
1: he had one ready, he would, he would pluck one out and show you. Um, remember this stuff, kids? Look at this. <laughs> I wonder wonder if I'm, I'm sure there'd be at least one person watching that understands what a VHS is, but I don't think there'd be many. Well, I've had, um, for some
0: reason in the last couple of weeks been inundated with VHS. So what we do is we transfer, um, tape to USB and of course it has to happen in real time. So if you've got a three hour tape, it takes three hours for me to transfer it. Um, but it's cool. I've been really enjoying it. Um, I've seen half a dozen episodes of The Flying Doctors. Um, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I, I actually saw uh, an original taped episode of Tonight Live with Steve Weiser. Oh, Steve Weiser.
1: <laughs> God, that's going back.
0: <laughs> yeah, i i uh, I dated I dated it at 1989. Um, wow, it was, it was pretty cool, actually. But of course, yeah, they're all it, most of it is like you know kids' birthday parties, a lot yeah. of weddings. My goodness, yeah, a lot of weddings. Yeah.
1: Do you get the popcorn going and just get in the lounge chair? And just sit uh, and watch no, Beatles? see, this
0: is the thing. I, I get it started and then I minimise yeah. the window. I don't have yeah, to watch okay. it. I just need to know that it's that's, recording. That's <laughs> uh, thank God for that because, yeah. Uh, yeah, there'd be some stuff that I'm sure I've probably copied that uh, I need to hand over to police, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> what, also, what I did was, as well, I got, also got uh, given some uh, high 8 tapes now God cam do you remember
1: hi eight i remember hi eight they were smaller yeah and, I, right. and if i remember rightly when we used to do the video transfers, here's one i prepared there earlier there you go when we used to do the video transfers at camera house that yes. that brand we won't mention um yes was, does it they used to slide into the bigger vhs tape, ah,
0: no. see now this is where the confusion begins because right. what you're talking about is vhsc um, which, which was a smaller VHS tape that fit into one of these, which was an adapter. Yeah. So you can see the small tape goes in there and I haven't oh, got right. a VHS-C tape here to show you. But anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. long
0: story short, I, um, I put out the call on my shop's Facebook page um, for anyone who might have a, uh, a Hi8 video camera. And lo and behold, look what I got. I've got wow. myself a Hi8 video camera.
1: There you go. And it's, it's got it's, 560 times zoom.
0: It, it has 560 oh, times cow. zoom. Um, it's awesome. I love it. I mean, I, I you know I've said this before. Child of the '80s, so uh, I yeah. love seeing this stuff. Yeah. Um, of course, it doesn't work. Oh. so yeah, <laughs> that,
1: that's good then. <laughs> anyway,
0: yeah. Look, um, and then uh, and then uh, two days ago another one turned up. So now I've got two, and the second one does work, and I am oh. now starting to transfer uh, well do you, re-
1: do you realize you're you're going to probably dig yourself a hole here because the thousands of people that listen to this podcast maybe, not. They, they might it's even obvious. listen you know let's go fast forward five years from now and someone goes yeah. this this show's great and yeah. then we get to episode five and you're plugging video transfers to usb <laughs> you're going to get like a box of people's you know this- this segment was meant to be what we've been up to this week. Oh, and right. that's well, what I've been up to this week. Oh, okay. So you're not, you're not promoting this service. You're just, you're just punishing everyone. We're no, punishing I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not
0: promoting the service, but it is something that we offer down cool. at Camera and Photo. <laughs> uh,
1: wow.
0: Right. Now, because um, you found yourself this morning at the 12 Apostles, yes. um, I thought it'd be a cool idea to make... The Twelve Apostles, um, one of our topics for discussion tonight. Now, the reason I wanted to put it forward as a topic for discussion was because apart from possibly Uluru, I can't mm. think of another sort of more photographed land, like landscape. Yeah. In, in it. No, I'm, not, I'm excluding cities like the Sydney Harbour Bridge. By yeah, all that sort yeah, of that. Yeah. But as far as uh, a, natural, a natural landscape is concerned, I'd, I'd say Uluru is probably number one. But I reckon mm. the Twelve Apostles, as you see behind you, would be number two. Yeah. Um, And I wanted to talk about the difficulties that I find every time I go to the 12 apostles, when I get there, I absolutely love it. I I love seeing the view. Um, it really sort of spins my wheels. Like when, when you walk down those steps for the first time and they all come into view, it's really cool. It's it's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's a very, very beautiful landscape to look at pretty much every time, every time you go there, regardless of the weather conditions yeah however the first thing that springs to mind for me is right how am i going to shoot this thing because it's always for me you're looking for something a wee bit different yeah now of course when you get to a a scene like the 12 apostles it's been shot as i said it's probably the second most photographed natural landscape in australia so it's been shot to death by from every single angle so yeah yeah um yeah. As much as I love being there, I find myself forever putting the camera up putting it down, looking, hanging over a fence, trying to get a, oh, do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? It's yeah. always really, really difficult. So, yeah. um, I also, uh, and now going back to your video this morning, if anyone saw it on Facebook, um, what <laughs> did you put fake advertising cam? <laughs> yeah. um, so well, cam cam yeah. was on Facebook this morning and he was pointing at the apostles and saying, hang on a minute. I mean, it was tongue in cheek, of course, but, of course, um, yeah. it, it yeah. was, it was hilarious. And, um, that's why I like to call it the sum apostles, the sum apostles. So, yeah. The sum apostles. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's, that should, should be forever known as the sum apostles.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's, I, I had that exact same feeling for the last couple of days as I was going down and like, I do, a, did a bit of research and I've been down the great ocean road a few times, nowhere near as many times as you probably, but, um, yeah, I did a bit of research before, look at some images, look at locations I want to scout for this workshop and things like that. And the um, same thing I got there this morning, I'm like, right, I'm here. It's not the greatest sunrise. Um, what do I do? Where do I shoot? Where do I look? Do I look this way? And I found what I, I, I find a lot that I do when I go to these locations is I try and turn off the image that everyone's got in their head. And what I, what I purely concentrate on is light. So, um, so behind me in this shot that people can't see, but we'll put up on the screen, maybe, um, what, um, what, what was happening in front of me, I had the seven apostles in front of me and then I Mm -hmm. had the two apostles or whatever they are behind me. And that's Mm -hmm. where, that's where all the morning light was, was behind me. So I found myself and when I was there for a little while, and by the time I got myself set up and the, the sun had come up a bit, there was about 10 people up the other platform, Uh, looking at the 12 apostles, the classic view. And I was the only one shooting the other way. And the other way had some rain bands with a bit of sunlight coming through over the water. It had a lot more sea spray going that way than it did looking, I guess, up, up the coast, up West. So I find myself when I go to these, these iconic places and, you know, I think we can add cradle mountain to that list of most photographed places as well. I find myself thinking, okay, I'm I'm here to take a shot of this location, but I'm going to let the light dictate where I point my camera because everyone can go to Cradle Mountain and go, everyone knows that's Cradle Mountain. Uh, Everyone goes to the 12 Apostles and that this shot, this classic shot, everyone knows it's that and Uluru. But trying to be a little bit different by chasing the light and maybe looking a little bit more abstract or putting different things in the foreground, that's how I try and switch my brain off a bit. But having said that, I also, for my own catalogues, also take the classic shot. Yeah. Because You took
0: took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I was going to say is you get there, I know the, the, the range of emotions you go through. It's like, oh, this is fantastic. Okay. And you're looking through your viewfinder and you know you've literally just seen that on a postcard stand in Port Campbell. But that, yeah. that's fine.
1: Yeah.
0: You still get the shot. You still, you know, as you say, to build your catalogue and, and, and to have the classic 12 Apostles photo. Yeah. Um, I've been, well, roughly this time last year, um, I was very, very fortunate in that the waterfall was flowing, which is currently in the image sitting over your left ear. Yeah, There's a little I, gap in that. that well, that's where the waterfall. It, goes. it
1: was. It was still flowing. And we saw yep. that from the chopper.
0: Yeah, very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I'll um I'll overlay my photo here if I remember to in the edit. Um, yeah, it was it was nuts. We we had one night in Port Campbell last year. And it rained the entire night and I laid there with the biggest grin on my face because I knew the water float, waterfall would be pumping. And it was, uh, it was really spectacular, something to see. So
1: That sounds like my night last night. It rained all night in Port Campbell. <laughs> well. um, and got you a, got a waterfall. I got a waterfall. But what I did get a, a photo of, we went up to London Bridge. Yep. Um, and there's a little section down the bottom of London Bridge where there's a look at and there's a water river that runs out underneath mm-hmm. this platform. And with the new Canon slash Olympus eight to um, twenty four five, I actually <laughs> I actually was able to get a wide angle shot of the waterfall in the bottom left hand frame and the London Bridge and the and the water coming yep. through. It's not not awesome, but it was, I was yep. pretty interested to see. But I think that's, for, a, for, that's that little creek that flows literally under the platform. It literally flows under the platform. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But for those guys listening and watching, I think I think also what happens is people who are right into their photography think right. I'm going to the twelve apostles all the cradle mountain whatever it is and all of a sudden they get this little bit of nerve like oh hang on a sec I, I can't go there and just do the same shot everyone's done and i think people start to sort of internally stress about that they get there and i see it all the time at cradle mountain with people i'll be there just chilling out taking photos and do whatever and i'll see people come up and you'll see them sit there tripod up and then they'll take a photo go Oh, it's the same shot as everyone else. And they start looking around, they start looking around all the while. There's like this epic light going on behind them or there's this amazing cloud rolling in or whatever. So I think for people listening, my advice would be get, get to your, get to your location, tick off that classic shot, get it, get it done and dusted as quick as you can. Say, look, I've got that classic shot. Now, now I can switch my brain off and start looking around at other things that might interest me such as light or weather or, you know, whatever it might be. So and then if something amazing happens, you know, like if there was an amazing sunset behind me or sunrise, you know, going on here, then yeah, I would have done the classic shot with that light because that's where the light is. Um, but I think, yeah, the advice is don't, don't paint yourself into a corner where you think, Oh crap, I've only got to get this classic shot and I don't know what else to do. Get the classic shot and then that'll free you open to think, about think about the other ones, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's very, very sound advice. Um, and I'm exactly the same. I, I, I do particularly if I haven't been shooting for a while. I think if, I'm, if I've been on the road for a little while and, and you know, the, it tends to come a little easier to me if, I'm, if I've been behind the camera for a few days in a row in particular. Yeah, um, Compositions tend to come to me a little bit better.
1: Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit like sport as well. Like I, I find that I'm exactly the same. I find I go, to, even this morning I go there and it's almost like you just go through the motions. It's like, you know, playing footy, doing stretches or, you know, getting ready to have a hit of tennis or whatever, you do your stretches, have a few warm-ups. That's your, that's your, sort of snappy, happy shots. And then you're like, right. Okay. Game on. I'm warmed up. My eyes, my eyes trained into the light. I know what's going on. I can see what's on around me. Um, yeah, let's start snapping and, and yeah, yeah you're right. You know, compositions start coming. More oh, some, sometimes you've got to calm down. I mean, yeah, you, you do, you, know, yeah. You, see, you
0: see these awesome landscapes in front of you and you, you, you get that, um, you know, that real sort of classic adrenaline rush. Mm. And, uh, luckily for me, um, and I'm sure for you as well, Cam, that, Still comes like I still love the, the the rush you get of of being in these awesome spots, and also the effort that it takes to get to these places sometimes. And and you yeah. need a payoff, yeah. um, and sometimes you put a little bit of unnecessary pressure on yourself as well to capture a scene, um, you know, like the Twelve Apostles or wherever you might be. Um, and and it can be a little bit hard just to well, hang on, calm the farm here. We've, you yeah. know, we you know we've got here. Let's have a good look around. Um, you also find uh, if you. are <laughs> If ever had the misfortune of coming with me on a shoot um i am forever crouching down i find myself getting low to things and then i'm, I'm jumping up again because uh, in, in one of my workshops i've always said to people um forget the fact that your eyes are five foot whatever off the ground and four, four get foot down for some yep thank you um, <laughs> get down low if you can uh, get up higher if you can um, yep you know, all that sort of stuff. And just looking for different pers- uh, perspectives that the average viewer wouldn't have seen unless they were a photographer or unless they had the camera in front of them trying to make a composition. That's going to lead to a much more interesting photograph.
1: Yeah. Um, 100%. Quick story
0: about, uh, I was at the 12 Apostle- the Some apostles, the uh, Sum apostles. It was Anzac day. I want to say 2009 yeah. uh, with a friend of mine. And it was absolutely heaving. Of course, this is no COVID times. There was about 400 buses in the yeah. car park. There was people everywhere. Um, got out to take the photos, wandering around, and a massive hailstorm came across. Cool. Me and my mate, who was into his photography, were the only two that crouched down under a little salt bush there, one yep. right over your shoulder, as a matter of fact, yep. and um, waited it out. And then the light came and everyone yeah. was gone home and yeah. the rocks were saturated and, and throwing the light back at us. And it yeah. was, it was nuts. Really cool spot.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Just don't, don't be a fair weather photographer is, if I, I might make a t-shirt up with that on it, because the best shots I've ever got have been exactly those kind of scenarios where I've just put up with crap, weather, yeah. Yeah. whether or not yeah. it be dust, heat or snow sleet, or whatever, because <laughs> just straight after that moment, you're right. Yes. Like the light, the light just pops. And we, and that's exactly what happened this morning. There was, we're getting some rain showers coming over the scene here and it wasn't, it wasn't heavy. It was just sort of spitting, but it was just that, you know, rolling through. And I knew as soon as it would roll through, you'd get a little bit of light coming through. So every 10 minutes there was just this little glimpse of nice light. And yeah, a lot of, a lot of people put their hoodies up and just walk back up to their car and you know, you just got to wait it out. You're not a yeah. landscape, you're not a landscape photographer unless you're bordering hypothermia.
0: Well, I agree. And there is no such thing as bad weather, only bad no, gear.
1: That's true. So anyway, <laughs> the, the 12 apostles or the sum apostles, um, great, great spot. And um, looking forward to maybe getting down there again soon um, and putting on something pretty special. But um,
0: yeah. Now before spot. we leave the topic of the sum apostles, um, I'm going to point out an interesting thing that's in your photograph behind you that you can may not have and, already noticed. Can I try and guess? No. Right. So
1: what, what, what am I going to talk about, Cam? Are you going to talk about the apostle that fell down? When you were down there? Yeah, 2005. Yeah, we're talking about that today. I, uh, that, I that,
0: actually remember, now it might have been very early days of texting, that you sent me a text
1: about right, it. There you go. And yeah.
0: I jumped on the Herald Sun website and it was the lead story.
1: Yeah. Well, we, we rocked up in 2005 and I remember driving, I think we must have been coming from Port Campbell, I think we've been down and visited a, uh, a friend. Actually, no, we, we'd actually been to our f- friend's wedding who I caught up with today on the way home, which is amazing. I haven't seen her for oh, five years or so. Um, we were down at Port Ferry for her wedding. And on the way back, we thought, oh, well, you know, we'll do the touristy thing. And we we're driving along the Great Ocean Road. I'm like, Jesus, a lot of helicopters around today. Like, is this what this place is like all the time? And yep. we rocked up there and there was people bolting across underneath the road and cars going everywhere and God knows what. Actually, I don't even think the tunnel under the road was there in 2005. No,
0: it wouldn't have been. That came think, along a bit
1: later. Yeah, I remember people darting across the road. And we thought, oh, God, someone's fallen off or something's happened or whatever. And we got there and we, I think from memory, we saw one of the last little bits fall off. Uh, which is this one, which is the one right behind sort of the big one there. Yep. Um, So that was pretty exciting, but we missed it. We missed the main action by about 15 minutes, I reckon. So yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It always um, cracked me up a little bit. I mean, it just so
0: happened that one of the apostles fell down in our lifetime. Yeah. Now the odds of that happening are ridiculous. The Uh, not not one more of those things are going to fall down in our lifetime it just will not happen
1: well they are it, the, the whole thing erodes at two centimeters a year or the whole coastline the whole at, coastline that's right yeah, at two centimeters a year so those apostles are probably going at you know one or two centimeters a year as well maybe yeah yeah uh, it's just and, and i would it was, say even less it's just not it, yeah, yeah. It, it was just
0: it was funny because everyone was like oh you better go and see the apostles before they all fall down. That's like, man, yeah. that landscape yeah. is is <laughs> millions of years old. It's yeah. it's not yeah. going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, it's
1: an incredible um, place.
0: Um, but if you if you would like to move your head a little bit, I want to talk about the beach behind you. No uh, other the, way. The other way. That way. Right. See the beach behind you there.
1: Yeah. And you too. can see
0: you can see that look that looks like sort of darker areas on the beach, those little strips that yep. are um, on the beach there.
1: They're the waterfalls, so, aren't they? No, they're not. Oh.
0: They are penguin footprints. Ah, I saw them this morning.
1: Yes, and, and you know the- what? And this morning, oh, sorry to interrupt, but where, where over here, where mm-hmm. this bit of rock is, mm-hmm. as I looked over there, there was these sort of. It looked like something had been dragged out to the ocean, mm-hmm. and um, I noticed there was a couple of little, look like little hooches or little um, like little buckets that have been put there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's where they they get them in there, or maybe that's some shelter they're provided, but. I looked at it and I thought, that's weird. Did someone like pull a boat up there and drop something off and then pull out? But it's the penguins. Yes. So there's a massive colony of fairy penguins right at the base of the main lookout.
0: Um, and aside from the footprints, no one would know they, that they, they're there. Yeah. Now, if you happen to be down at the 12 Apostles and you are shooting the sunset, um, particularly at this time of year because it happens so early, so wait about a half an hour after the sunset and you will hear the little quacks they are similar to a duck really they crack okay. now you'll hear the fairy penguins they're very very hard to see under low light but if you look really hard you will see the the, the, the flocks of penguins landing on the beach that's cool um, and they go up there and they live they live there basically directly under where the waterfall comes down
1: so right.
0: yeah there, have, you
1: go, so, there you go there you go you've answered my question because i was sitting there looking at it this morning i'm like i can't figure out what that is it looks like a boat's <laughs> pulled up or had yeah. i well, I didn't even think of penguins. I know they're down there and I know yeah. there was some up further, but yep. yeah. Oh, there you also,
0: go. You also get them at London Bridge. Um,
1: mm.
0: Massive colony at London Bridge because both at the 12 Apostles behind you there and at London Bridge, you can't actually get onto the beach. So no. it's the perfect spot for penguins to um, build their colony.
1: and oh, yeah.
0: So nice one. Uh, right. Good. Moving right along from the Summer Apostles, which will be mentioned many times during this podcast down the track.
1: Hashtag, um, hashtag Some Apostles
0: some puzzles. cam and i um had a little um discussion a couple of nights ago was it even last night i can't remember now uh yeah. on uh, messenger about cameras and in particular because um, we never
1: stop talking in photography that's how dedicated no, we are that's how sad we are no
0: we love it we love it um and the topic of cameras came around which it yeah, always does can't get enough of it. And Cameron was talking about how good um, his Olympus EM1 Mark III is. And before I go any further, we are not sponsored. This is not sponsored content. Nope. This is this is just straight out of our gobs. This is what we yep. think, and we're not we're not um, pumping anyone's tires here. The Olympus um, EM1 Mark III is a wonderful camera. No question. It's a fantastic camera. Um, Olympus built the um, sensor size, the micro four thirds sensor setup to make mirrorless cameras. They were the first company to build mirror- mirrorless cameras. They were. Um, really fun hey, little. Before we Sorry. get into this too yes. far, I reckon yes. we need to
1: make a list of how many Olympus firsts had happened. Oh, yeah, we haven't got enough time. Yeah.
0: They're absolute pioneers. They were they, they, uh, in a lot of things going right back to film cameras with the Olympus pen, the Olympus trip, um, the, and then into the digital with micro, with four thirds, micro four thirds, the yeah. new mini, which was a revolutionary compact camera as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they absolute uh, led the way in a lot of things, photography. Yeah. Um,
1: it just was, thought it I put, was funny. Just, sure, just thought I'd put that there just before we get caught. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to become very clear to a lot of our listeners, the fanboy that Cam is with Olympus and, and I'm with him. For yeah. most, for most, most of the way, I'll I, I lose you on the last corner. Don't I? we're getting, we're getting there. Um, <laughs> but it was, um, I'm just trying to remember the, um, uh, there was Olympus put out a uh, a promotion when, when the micro four third system came out and of course they were then battling with phone photography as well. Yeah. And um, you know, they had a, they had a slogan, you know, get a real camera, which was, which was pretty funny at the time and, and a little bit controversial at the time as well, because um, there was, you know, phones were advancing so quickly and, yeah. you know, back that, that was when the iPhone probably five was out, iPhone six was out and uh, yeah. caused a bit of controversy there as well. And they, they do, um, yeah, we, we've already spoken about how great phones are now, but yeah. um, Olympus is still carrying the can for SLR style photog- uh, cameras. Yeah. Um, and in particular, the mirrorless system um, and, their sensor size that they went with when they decided to go mirrorless was the micro four thirds sensor. Now this is a small sensor. It's, um, it's actually tiny when you compare it to even an APS C size sensor, which uh, a lot of cameras used uh, through the two thousands. And then of course, full frame became full frame in air quotes, became the thing um, particularly, because full-frame mimicked uh, the size of a piece of 35mm film.
1: That's right. Um, yeah, so yeah.
0: That's right. So what it meant was any lens that you used, if it was, for example, an 18 to 55 lens, well, it was an 18 to 55 lens. There was no crop factor or anything involved that's because right. the sensor size mm. wasn't half the size of a piece of 35mm film. It was yeah. actually a full-frame sensor. Now, for me, and this is just personally speaking, um, I think Olympus, in hindsight, might be sort of regretting not getting into full frame. Um, one of the head honchos from Olympus stated about five years ago, Olympus will never make full frame cameras. So what they're sort of hedging their bets more towards is the travel market, which I think is still very, very um, still, still very, very popular, even though no one can bloody travel at the moment. But <laughs> the travel market meaning that they can still produce incredibly small cameras. Um, particularly their Olympus pen range, which um, uh, uh, not only mirrorless, they don't have a viewfinder at all. Yeah. They just literally rely on a screen that you can put a lens on the front of. So um, they're, they're absolutely awesome. And again, fantastic for if you're traveling and you want small lenses to travel with. Um, very, very, uh, a great idea. However, Cameron asked me the other night, what camera would I buy right now? And because I am... I do run a camera shop and I'm in the industry and I've got a lot of, I know a lot of people who use uh, different cameras right now, in my opinion, the best system on the market is the Sony system. And the reason I say that is because Sony's uh, sensors are incredible. Sony make a lot of sensors for a lot of different manufacturers. They, they definitely do. make sensors. Yeah. They definitely make sensors for Olympus, um, yeah. which is kind of ironic, I suppose, but um, Olympus have always modeled themselves as an optical company rather than an electronics firm, whereas Sony um, – so Sony bought into the Zeiss system for their lenses, uh, but Sony w- ran with full frame very, very early in the piece. Yeah, um, They are now about 10 years down the roadmap of full frame um, technology. And what I'm seeing from – particularly when I'm printing pro prints and things like that from people who are using the Sony system, I- I'm just seeing – a higher level of clarity in the image. And that's not necessarily to do with pixel count or pixel density. It's also to do with the technology where Sony have, that Sony have built from the ground up. So they basically took all their lenses and threw them in the bin. They built a brand new system from the ground up in the A series uh, and then designed their lenses to marry to a full frame sensor. So you're getting the, the, the electronics so the digit, digitization of your image from the get-go, from the entry point of the lens right through to the image yeah. processor. So yeah. uh, from my point of view and from what I've seen, if someone held a Gundam head right now and said, you need to choose a brand new camera for landscape, yeah. it would probably be a, a Sony a7 III, yeah. um, which is a 24 megapixel full-frame camera that I love.
1: And what camera. lens, and what lens would, you, uh, would you want with that? S-
0: 16 to 35 F4 is the one I am actually having a good look at at the moment. I would probably um, spend the extra thousand dollars and get the 1635 F2.8. And the reason I would do that is purely for Astro. Does that come come
1: with two knee reconstructions as well?
0: (laughs) See, now um, it's not that heavy.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, uh, yeah, true. Well, Look, they're, they're all they're all good great points and i'm, I'm again i'm not uh, going to sit here and rag at any brand of camera because as as we said the other night as well like it doesn't matter what camera you're using as long as you're out there having fun and getting the results you want um but again i think what you're saying is important in regards to the process of photography like i'm i'm, I'm big about the three steps so we shoot it we develop it and then we print it and obviously you see a lot of the the, the last bit of printing because that's what you do. You're you're a professional printer, and that you get all the images coming through to you. Um, what I always have that I I get this question a lot uh, on workshops is you know full frame versus crop sensor APSC c or micro four thirds. You know which one's better, which one's not. And I would say, any given workshop or any given guest that I talk to, the first thing I'll ask them is. How many prints do you make each year? You know, and what do you do with those prints? And you know, what what's your purpose of shooting? And the majority of them say, "Oh, I don't print much. They just sit on my hard drive. I share them on Facebook, Instagram, share them out with my friends, or whatever. Um, I might print the occasional one or make a calendar up for something each year." And my my pushback to that is then if if you're not printing stuff to a point that it's got to be bigger than probably A2 or bigger, then to me, I do not see any extra benefit of having a full frame camera versus an APS-C or a micro four thirds camera. And I think based on the majority of people shooting, like professionals, completely different story. You know, they need to be able to provide really high quality images, really high quality resolution. Uh, They may need it for commercial use or billboards or magazines or whatever it may be. Um, For landscape photography, again, you know, you might be doing massive prints for customers or putting in your gallery, but for the majority, and I would say, you know, the ninety-eight percent or more of people who are just shooting landscapes, they're not printing anything bigger than probably A four or A three. And in that in that scope, I, I don't see that there's a huge difference when someone puts a picture on the wall that's out of an Olympus Micro Four Thirds or a Sony Full Frame digital camera. I don't think you can sit at a reasonable distance and say, oh yeah, that's heaps better than that one. No, so you've, you've, you've
0: hit the nail on the head there and mm-hmm. see, I can now produce canvas prints for people from an iPhone. Yes. Um, and what I always say to people, if it looks good on your screen, and particularly when you've pinched it in and zoomed it up a little bit, and you can still see plenty of detail. It's going to print beautifully because of correct viewing distance. Yep. Now this is, this is a term that gets lost a lot because no one is going to walk into your house and look at your canvas print from here and go wow that's really sharp yeah <laughs> it just doesn't happen correct doesn't. viewing distance um for those playing along at home correct viewing distance for me and that's generally the rule of thumb is three times the diagonal yep. so for example if you have a canvas that's a meter on the diagonal that's a big canvas correct viewing distance is three meters away
1: yeah that's right
0: it's uh, apparently quite a similar um formula they use when you're choosing a big screen tv for a room um it is. if you can sit Three meters, or sorry, three times the diagonal away, then that's yeah. correct viewing distance. And I think that works pretty much the same yeah. on a print.
1: And I think going on further than that, are these, like I so these are the conversations I have standing on the side of Dove Lake, freezing our bum off as we're doing. Wait for the light for Cradle Mountain. You know, I'll put that to people. A lot of these people are generally full frame users, who it almost seems like they're trying to justify why they've bought the more expensive camera or the bigger camera or whatever. And the next thing they 'll say, well, you know if, if that 's the case, well, with a full frame camera, I can crop so much heavy, so much more heavily because i 've got more pixels to crop from. you know If I crop down the Olympus camera down to you know most most of them are twenty megapixel. If I crop that down to sixteen by nine or square, you know I might be getting down to fourteen megapixel or twelve megapixel, and my response to that is as well, and this comes back to maybe just being more of a traditionalist kind of photographer." if you are heavily cropping your images to the point where you need that, you know, 40 megapixel full frame camera to crop, you know, an inch size of that frame out, you're, you're, you're shooting on the wrong lens, you're shooting at the wrong location and, you know, you're not doing yourself any favours by, you know, reducing or cutting out so many pixels. So a lot of people say, but it gives me the ability to crop so hev- heavily. And my answer is we'll just change lenses. Crop, crop optically, don't crop digitally. So if, you know, if you want a shot of, you know, that, that one apostle behind my head there, don't take a wide angle shot and then crop it out because you also then you start creating perspective issues where, you know, a longer lens and depth of fields and things like that. Change your lens, you know, shoot the lens that you should be shooting for that topic. Um, so that they're the two points I always push back with when people say, oh, but it's a half, half frame sensor or it's a micro four third sensor. Um, I, will, I will say one thing though, with full frame, length, full frame sensors versus my Olympus crop sensors, is if you're doing Astro or Milky Way work or Aurora stuff, then um, the full frame, especially with the Sonys, I know the Sonys are probably, if not industry leading, uh, they certainly should be very close in regards to lack of noise and the ability to you know, crank that sensor up and not yes. get as much noise. That's yeah, where- So
0: this, um, this comes back down
1: to pixel density um, yep. and ha- cramming,
0: uh, for example, uh, EM1 Mark III, I'm going to take a guess here. I think it's a 20 megapixel camera I think so something like that um, it so is 20, megapixel, yeah. Yeah, tw- 20 yeah. megapixel camera so uh, the Sony a7 3 uh, a7 mark 3 is a 24 megapixel full-frame camera yeah. but the the sensor size is so much bigger the pixels are gr- more greatly spread now noise is definitely uh, an issue um, it's getting less and less of an issue thanks to Photoshop, Noise Ninja, software like this. Yeah. Um, Nick, I think, make an amazing software package Nick, for noise. Nick effects for noise, they do as well, yeah. Nick effects. yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's getting less and less of an issue, but where you definitely hit it there is Astro. Um, you, you know, you're quite often wanting to shoot at 400 ISO, 800 ISO, 1600 ISO, And that's where the full frame sensor will, will win out every time, uh, unless, um, and I wouldn't put it past them unless Olympus can improve on their, um, the, the low pass filter and the different filters that they put in front of the sensor to improve that. And that could be where we're headed and, and, and fantastic.
1: And I think again, again, again with that as well, like with my Olympus cameras, I I generally don't push them any further than uh, 1600 ISO because any more than that, it starts to get a bit grainier. Um, But having said that, like I've got Milky Way shots, um, I've got Aurora shots, I've got Astro shots um, that have been good enough to publish in Australian Geographic. So if it's good enough for that, you know, Australian leading photography magazine to say, yeah, those files are fine. Again, you know, if if someone said to me, hey, this shot of the Aurora, I want you to print it a metre and a half by a metre, I would probably say, you know what, it's going to look maybe a bit grainy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's where the full frames. That to me, and that's hand on heart. That's the only part of a full frame camera benefit that I can put over what I use with my Olympus camera as well. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And um,
0: I, I actually think I give it maybe five years, maybe less. Uh, the DSLR will be dead. Um, I can't see any point now why mirrors still need to be inside uh, digital. Yeah. cameras anymore um we've proven that that full frame works absolutely beautifully yeah. i mean it's no surprise to anyone that both canon and nikon jumped on the full frame bandwagon mirrorless full frame bandwagon once they realized that they were losing so much market share to sony yeah um so now you've got uh, cameras like the r5r6 from canon you've got the yeah. z series from nikon which i was just looking at today for a customer we've got the z um uh, Z5, Z7, these sort of yeah. cameras, and then now in their second and third uh, generation as well. So, have
1: they, have they put two card slots in the Nikons yet, or are they still rolling with one? They've got
0: two card slots in the A7, but the A5 no. Ah, uh, oh, I could be wrong. Actually, I'd have to homework.
1: I know. I know when Nikon brought out their first, um, and I've got a lot of friends that use Nikon. It's always a bit of a go-to um, punch in the guts type of thing. But they brought out the Nikon brought out their mirrorless, you know, ten years later. Um, had one had one memory card slot, had hardly any image stabilization, had all these things mm-hmm. that were already a decade old. So yeah, um, and that, that's and that's the other that's another thing like I really do like about Olympus is like they're innovative. They you know they they they're pretty much the the market leaders in image stabilization. You know we spoke about you know hand holding two a second two second shots. I actually got a shot on the weekend down at Radisson Road. It was a six second shot, handheld. And it's it's sharp enough to print A2 quite easily, and it's incredible. So, and also I think you know that's something that um, Olympus did really well. The weatherproofing as well. You know you can shoot. I've had my Olympus cameras in literal blizzards, drop them in snow. I've seen Olympus EM1 Mark II be submerged for five minutes in a pond, and work. Pull it out and, yeah. and work straight away. Yeah. So there's and again it's horses for courses. It's you know it's you know people invest in camera gear, especially Canon and Nikon, people have got lenses that they've invested in. Um, yeah. You can't get yeah, this with is, any cameras. This is
0: the other This is the other big issue, isn't it? The legacy lenses. You, you've you got lenses yeah. that work on, you know, you. For, anyway, you came across from film, they might've had EOS lenses that have got to come across to the digital thing. The, the, the irony there is, of course, that Nikon and Canon's full-frame cameras, um, you, need adapter. The, you need an adapter. The lenses yeah. are not native. Yeah. They don't fit on the new, yeah. which is, yeah, really interesting. And, and just going back to what you're saying about um, Nikon, from, from my, in my opinion, Nikon uh, rushed to market for full frame Yeah, yeah. Uh, and tripped over himself trying to get their cameras out. Um, yeah. And that's why very quickly the Z series, Z5, Z7 were followed by the Z5 Mark II and the Z7 Mark II. They've come out really quickly yeah, um, yeah. and have vastly improved the system. I think Canon would probably admit they did the same thing with the R5, R6 series of cameras as well. Um, but look, no, absolutely. They were, they, were um,
1: they were very reluctant to seem to go there, weren't they? It just took them a long time to, to catch up, that's for sure.
0: Which was kind of funny. It was like, well, did you learn nothing from the digital revolution? Mm. Like, you know, companies like Kodak.
1: I was going to say Kodak. Imagine you know, Kodak, we're not going to make it. We made the first digital camera and then never made any others. This won't catch on. <laughs> we'll stick to film, thanks. Unbelievable, and and that's that's what
0: happened. I mean, mm. Kodak is one, Agfa is another, Minolta is another. Minolta, yeah, yeah. gone, Gonski. Yeah. don't yeah. exist anymore. Oh, well, no. I'm sorry, they probably make photocopiers.
1: Yeah, well, they got bought out. By, they got bought out by Sony, didn't they? Minolta? They did. Yeah. They did. Um, Sony
0: originally, when they got into their digital cameras, bought the Minolta mount system because, yeah. again, for that legacy reason, yep. knowing that there'd be a lot of Minolta lenses out there. Yeah, um, didn't last long. Sony no. Sony wanted to reinvent the wheel there, and they did. They they put out a new mount system. Yeah. and way they
1: went. Look, so, I, I, I look. I think the Sony the Sony cameras are brilliant. They they are a beautiful camera, and their lenses are beautiful. And the system, I know they had some issues with batteries in the AR Seven I think it was, um, where they were chewing batteries really quick. But look, I, I think they're they're a brilliant system. Um, and you know, I've seen there's some guys in Tassie that use the Sony's. Um, and they just get stunning shots. So again, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tool, you know, the tradesmen and the tools, um, you know, like you said, you can go out and buy a set of, you know, ping, ping golf clubs. You're not going to win the U S open. Um, it's the same as you go out the best buy the best camera in the world. You're not going to take the best shots in the world. So it's a, it's, it's an extension of your, of your, your vision and passion. And that's what the camera should be. No, that's exactly right. And one, we better wrap this up, but, um,
0: One last thing I wanted to say about camera equipment is uh, it's pretty bloody tribal. (laughs) A lot of of people who who get into one particular system, just they're diehards. They love it. And that's great because it's worked for them. It takes great photos for them. They're not interested in changing gear. They just want to use what they've got. Um, If I look through my catalog on my website, I'm going to say 70% of my photos were shot on Olympus um no like and yeah. and and i i've got some awesome photos i think yeah. that photo behind me is probably on yes that is that's shot on um on an olympus em5 mark ii with a uh let say ultra wide the 14 to wide angle so um, the, four, the
1: 7 to 14
0: no the oh. sorry the 9 to 18 oh yes yep yeah. I yeah, see, beautiful. No, no, I said the wrong thing. Nine, nine to 18, which is a great lens. The yeah. weatherproofing, as you said, absolutely brilliant. The robustness, fantastic. Yeah. They're built like absolute tanks, but yeah. when it comes down to it, I suppose, it, you know, if money's no object, you could buy a complete Olympus system for, that's fantastic to travel with. If you want to travel light. Yeah. And you could buy a full frame Sony, Canon, Nikon, whatever system that you want. Yeah. Um, you know, so you don't necessarily just have to get one brand. Having said that, quite often though the menu systems translate really easily between within the brand. So if you've got yeah. a particular Olympus mm-hmm. camera and then another Olympus camera here, you're going to know how to use them. Same yeah. with um, you know Nikon with their APS-C system. It's now very familiar to their full frame users. Yeah. Um. So it's a shallower learning curve and 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 therefore generally easier to use and therefore generally uh, easier to get great photos with. So yeah. Yeah, um, great topic. If you've got any comments about sensor sizes, leave a comment below. Um, yeah. If you think we need to uh, revisit this subject, we would love to hear your thoughts and opinions
1: on that. Yeah. So to con- so to conclude, we we don't have a a winner, do we? There is no, no there, there's no winner. There's, there's never right. going to
0: be a winner. No. Um. You know, There's it's it, there's always going to be um, different people with different opinions on this subject. And yeah. as I say, because I'm lucky enough to be in the industry and I've Being able to use and see the results out of all these cameras. Yeah. um, I can make a pretty informed informed, uh, judgment on it. But I think, um, as you say at the end of the day, horses for courses, folks. That's it. Beautiful. Um, So moving right along, um, we have a very, we're going to, we're probably getting close to time. So we won't be too long on this one. Um, We have uh, our deer cam segment. I believe
1: someone else has done a deer cam.
0: I was going to say our um, very incredibly popular dear cam segment, but yes, it's not that popular. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's running. It's running at about a 50% kill rate at the moment, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. But anyway, right. Uh, that's right. Jenny from Drysdale, my neck of the woods, just over the way here. Beautiful. Um, Jenny from Drysdale, dear cam, can I still shoot good photos on a film camera?
1: Mm. Oh, hi Jenny. Um, yeah, you can simple answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still shoot film quite regularly um, on my trusty Olympus OM3 Ti. Plug plug chiching ching. Um, You're such
0: a fanboy.
1: Oh, I did just yeah. Like I said, we could do a whole series on that. Um, but yeah, definitely film. I think you still can, and it's funny. It's a it's a good question in a way because I shoot not only 35mm film. I actually still shoot a bit of five inch by four inch film, so large format film, uh, on my large format camera, and. Because you've been shooting digital so long, and I, I learned on film, I, I studied on film and I learned on film. So I'm showing my age there where I actually did shoot quite a bit of film. Um, but I took some shots uh, over the course of the last probably six to eight months all around Tassie on my large format film. And I just sent them off to van bars in Melbourne here to get them uh, processed for me uh, last couple weeks. And every time I put it's just that, that whole thing where you chuck in film, you're like, what the hell have I got? Am I gonna get any good shots? i not getting any good shots. And I got some shots back. Uh, I got a couple of rolls of 35 mil and about eight sheets of film and all but a couple of them, I was really happy with like, you know, straight out of camera. Uh, they had fairly good composition. The exposure was sort of spot on for most of them. Um, so I think you can, I think definitely you can get good shots on a film camera. But I think the beauty of film, and, and this is something I try and teach in workshops, is I actually try and drive it into people that if you're shooting digital, shoot like you're shooting film. Don't don't take a thousand shots of the one scene. Take ten, ten, take ten killer shots of the same scene. So take your time. You know, make sure your settings are right. Make sure your composition's right. Make sure you're there at the right time of day. So get all the you know the pre stuff done, and then you know if you shoot on film, there's nothing saying you can't get shots that look like you know the shot behind Brendan there on film or the one behind me on film. Um, you know, you don't get that extra adjustment of editing afterwards. Um, but I think, you know, I, I shoot on things like Fuji Velvia, Fuji Provia, uh, Kodak Kodak E one hundred and Ektar. Uh, all amazing different types of film, C forty one and E six. Um, but I, there's still a bit of a buzz I get looking through a loop at a slide, and it's something that it just looks more realistic. A film, a negative to me looks, or a slide negative looks more realistic to me than what a digital file does. And I can easily tell the difference between digital and film. Um, So the answer is, yeah, it's an absolute massive yes. I think you can. um, And I think it's a great way to hone your skills and I think it will only improve your digital photography.
0: Very well put. Um, I I would absolutely 100% agree with you. Um, (laughs) Only because, well, not only because, but one of the main reasons is we shot on film for 75 years. Yeah. Jenny from Drysdale. So, yeah. um, and there has been, you know, some of the greatest images ever captured were captured on film.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um,
0: I don't know. I I I hear your argument about, or hear you, what you're saying about how good film is, and how organic and how natural it can it can look and feel. Yeah. Um. The, the downside for me when it comes to film is the expense of it. Um. Yeah. yeah it's, that's right. You know, I, I'm selling 35 mil film at at, at my shop. Ten bucks a roll, to yeah. buy it. If you just do a basic develop only and get digital, ironically digital files from it, yeah, twenty four ninety five. Now there's thirty five bucks. I can now sell you a sixteen gigabyte memory card for thirty five bucks, which is going to hold seven thousand photos or something or whatever, depending on the camera you're using. Four thousand
1: photos, time and time and time and
0: time and time again. That's exactly right. So. I get it. I understand film and I understand the love of film. It's like vinyl records, something, there's something about them. There's something very tactile about yeah. film. There's something um, very nostalgic and very retro about film. And I understand all that. Um, but what I will say is that you will definitely hone your skills on film a lot quicker than if you're just shooting digital. percent. Um, yeah. yeah. Because you, you, you have to, because every time you push the button, you've spent a dollar.
1: So yeah. um, I, I think to me, like you're, you're right, like it's expensive. Like I buy uh, sheets of Fuji Velvia, 20 sheets, and it's, you know, it's close to 200 bucks for a box of sheets. And then it's you know, another $10 or so to develop each sheet. So it's a lot of expense involved. And I wouldn't say to someone, hey, look, if you want to get a better photography, go shoot 80% of film, you know, that, that, that's just not going to be feasible for most people because it's just going to be a waste of money. But I think the process, you know, I, I'm willing to sort of sacrifice that sort of outlay if it means that it makes me a better digital photographer or photographer in general. Um, and I love the, I love, especially with the five inch by four inch, you've got front element movements and rear element movements, all these different things about the camera. Like each photo takes 20 minutes to do. So you, you, it's, not a, it's not a, you know, get to the 12 apostles right on sunset, it's get there half an hour before the sun comes up get everything ready and just wait for that moment. So if anything, I think the, the, the experience of shooting film teaches you patience. Uh, and I think it will make you a better shooter in the long run. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Very well answered, very, very good, dear Cam. So Thank, if you've got thanks, a dear thanks, Cam, good on you Jenny from Drysdale. If you've got a dear Cam question, post it below um it generally becomes mostly dear cam with a little bit of dear brendan shoved in the end because i can't help myself so um uh, if you want us to answer a question send it to uh put a comment below or send us an email um we are over time which means it's probably been a good podcast with us gas bagging on Yeah, yeah um i would uh just like to quickly um do a of plug for camera and photo. So visit cameraandphoto.com.au. Check out some of my photography, but also audio prints online through cameraandphoto.com.au. Do you, uh, do you, process, yes. do you process E6? No, you don't, do you? Uh, no, but we do have, we can facilitate it for you. In other words, we can, we Ooh. have people who can do E6 for you. Um, we just need to send it off and it takes a bit of time. Um, okay. Yeah, look, we do C41 processing. I have a lot. Uh, faster access to C41 stuff yeah. so um all regular 35mm film processing gets yeah. done in Geelong whereas yeah. the E6 stuff has to go to Melbourne so it takes a little bit longer so yeah, fair
1: enough.
0: um but yeah I'm really actually with I think in the last week we've taken in across the two shops about 50 rolls of film so it's still getting used that's good I like it It's it is it's it's um yeah it's interesting a lot of younger people who are yeah. Finding cameras at um, secondhand stores and places like that, and yeah, you know, thrift it. shops and that, and want to give it a crack. So, that's great. I'm all for, all for it. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Cam, quick plug for your. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. So, camblakephotography.com.au. Uh, I've actually, I've, I should have mentioned it at the start for the rest of this week. Well, actually, by the time this gets released, you've got till midnight on Sunday, the 18th of July. Um, yes, so- I'm, doing, I'm doing 25% off all my prints on my website. So Excellent. whether or not Tasmania or whether or not it's the Flinders Ranges or Great Ocean Road, I'll put them up or uh, anywhere. Uh, all my prints are 25% off until the end of this week, midnight Sunday, 18th of July. If you mention... If you want to put a mention down there, if you missed the sale, just send me an email and I'll still do the 25% off for you uh, for a little while. But yeah, so that's what I've got going on. Um, And I'm looking forward to getting home. We get home a similar sort of time later this week uh, and hopefully to get back into the nice, cold, snowy Tasmania. Fantastic.
0: So next week's podcast, you'll be back in Hobart. I should be. Um, so looking forward to that. Next week, we are going to be talking about what makes a great landscape image, which will that's, that's open slather right there, Cam.
1: That is. Yeah. That's it's a big, big topic
0: for us to discuss. Yeah. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, it's been, it's been fun. It's episode five in the can. We will catch you next week. Cam travel safe back to Hobart. We'll, thanks, we'll mate. talk to you next week as well.
1: Awesome. Um,
0: thanks for everyone for tuning in and we will talk to you next week.
1: Thanks guys. See you soon.
0: See ya. Bye.